Environment Today is a podcast about the current state of our planet's environment and ways to contribute to the health and prosperity of our ecosystem. Content presented by Amy and James Sharp. I'm James Sharp. And I'm Amy Sharp. All information being discussed today is from the report Climate Change 2022. Impacts, Adaptation, and Vulnerability, the IPCC's Working Group 2 Sixth Assessment Report, Summary for Policymakers. It represents key findings of the Working Group 2 contribution to the Sixth Assessment Report, AR6, of the IPCC. The report builds on the Working Group 2 contribution to the Fifth Assessment Report, AR5, of the IPCC three special reports, and the Working Group 1 contribution to the AR6 cycle. For a complete copy of this report, please visit www.ipcc.ch. Environment Today's podcast will bring this and other current scientific reports on our environment, putting these details into layman's terms as much as possible. You will receive a great deal more information than you would hear or read in short blurbs of daily news briefings. We want to bring you all the key facts in detail and then provide real-life solutions that you can implement after hearing the facts of each report. Adaptation Measures and Enabling Conditions Adaptation in response to current climate change is reducing climate risks and vulnerability, mostly via adjustment of existing systems. Many adaptation options exist and are used to help manage projected climate change impacts, but their implementation depends upon the capacity and effectiveness of governance and decision-making processes. These and other enabling conditions can also support climate-resilient development. Current Adaptation and its Benefits Progress in adaptation planning and implementation has been observed across all sectors and regions, generating multiple benefits. However, adaptation progress is unevenly distributed with observed adaptation gaps. Many initiatives prioritize immediate and near-term climate risk reduction, which reduces the opportunity for transformational adaptation. Adaptation planning and implementation have continued to increase across all regions. Growing public and political awareness of climate impacts and risks has resulted in at least 170 countries and many cities, including adaptation, in their climate policies and planning processes. Decision support tools and climate services are increasingly being used. Pilot projects and local experiments are being implemented in different sectors. Adaptation can generate multiple additional benefits, such as improving agricultural productivity, innovation, health and well-being, food security, livelihood, and biodiversity conservation, as well as reduction of risks and damages. Despite progress, adaptation gaps exist 
between current levels and adaptation and levels needed to respond to impacts and reduce climate risks. Most observed adaptation is fragmented, small in scale, incremental, sector-specific, designed to respond to current impacts or near-term risks, and focused more on planning rather than implementation. Observed adaptation is unequally distributed across regions, and gaps are partially driven by widening disparities between the estimated costs of adaptation and documented finance allocated to adaptation. The largest adaptation gaps exist among lower-income population groups. At current rates of adaptation planning and implementation, the adaptation gap will continue to grow, as adaptation options often have long implementation times, long-term planning, and accelerated implementation, particularly in the next decade, is important to close adaptation gaps, recognizing that constraints remain for some regions. Adaptation gaps are defined as the difference between actually implemented adaptation and a societally set goal determined largely by preferences related to tolerated climate change impacts and reflecting resource limitations and competing priorities. Future Adaptation Options and Their Feasibility There are feasible and effective adaptation options which can reduce risks to people and nature. The feasibility of implementing adaptation options in the near term differs across sectors and regions. The effectiveness of adaptation to reduce climate risk is documented for specific contexts, sectors, and regions, and will decrease with increasing warming. Integrated, multi-sectoral solutions that address social inequities differentiate responses based on climate risk and cut across systems, increase the feasibility and effectiveness of adaptation in multiple sectors. Land, Ocean, and Ecosystems Transition Adaptation to water-related risks and impacts make up the majority of all documented adaptation. For inland flooding, combinations of non-structural measures like early warning systems and structural measures like levees have reduced loss of lives. Enhancing natural water retention, such as by restoring wetlands and rivers, land use planning, such as no-build zones, or upstream forest management can further reduce flood risk. On-farm water management, water storage, soil moisture conservation and irrigation are some of the most common adaptation responses and provide economic, institutional, or ecological benefits and reduce vulnerability. Irrigation is effective in reducing drought risk and climate impacts in many regions and has several livelihood benefits, 
but needs appropriate management to avoid potential adverse outcomes, which can include accelerated depletion of groundwater and other water sources and increased soil salinization. Large-scale irrigation can also alter local to regional temperature and precipitation patterns, including both alleviating and exacerbating temperature extremes. Effective adaptation options, together with supportive public policies, enhance food availability and stability and reduce climate risk for food systems while increasing their sustainability. Effective options include cultivar improvements, agroforestry, community-based adaptation, farm and landscape diversification, and urban agriculture. Institutional feasibility adaptation limits of crops and cost-effectiveness also influence the effectiveness of the adaptation options. Agroecological principles and practices, ecosystem-based management in fisheries and aquaculture, and other approaches that work with natural processes support food security, nutrition, health and well-being, livelihoods and biodiversity, sustainability, and ecosystem services. These services include pest control, pollination, buffering of temperature extremes, and carbon sequestration and storage. Trade-offs and barriers associated with such approaches include costs of establishment, access to inputs, and viable markets, new knowledge and management, and their potential effectiveness varies by socioeconomic context, ecosystem zone, species combinations, and institutional support. Integrated multi-sectoral solutions that address social inequities and differentiate responses based on climate risk and local situation will enhance food security and nutrition. Adaptation strategies which reduce food loss and waste or support balanced diets, as described in the IPCC Special Report on Climate Change and Land, contribute to nutrition, health, biodiversity, and other environmental benefits. Adaptation for natural forests include conservation, protection, and restoration measures. In managed forests, adaptation options include sustainable forest management, diversifying and adjusting tree species compositions to build resilience, and managing increased risks from pests and diseases and wildfires. Restoring natural forests and drained peatlands and improving sustainability of managed forests generally enhances the resilience of carbon stocks and sinks. Cooperation and inclusive decision-making with local communities and indigenous peoples, as well as recognition of inherent rights of indigenous peoples, is integral to successful forest adaptation in many areas. Conservation, protection, and restoration of terrestrial, freshwater, coastal, and ocean ecosystems 
together with targeted management to adapt to unavoidable impacts of climate change reduces the vulnerability of biodiversity to climate change. The resilience of species, biological communities, and ecosystem processes increases with size of natural area, by restoration of degraded areas, and by reducing non-climatic stressors. To be effective, conservation and restoration actions will increasingly need to be responsive, as appropriate, to ongoing changes at various scales and plan for future changes in ecosystem structure, community composition, and species distributions, especially as 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming is approached, and even more so if it is exceeded. Adaptation options where circumstances allow include facilitating the movement of species to new ecologically appropriate locations, particularly through increasing connectivity between conserved or protected areas. Targeted intensive management for vulnerable species and protecting refugial areas where species can survive locally. Ecosystem-based adaptation is vulnerable to climate change impacts, with effectiveness declining with increasing global warming. Urban greening using trees and other vegetation can provide local cooling. Natural river systems, wetlands, and upstream forest ecosystems reduce flood risk by storing water and slowing water flow in most circumstances. Coastal wetlands protect against coastal erosion and flooding associated with storms and sea level rise where sufficient space and adequate habitats are available until rates of sea level rise exceed natural adaptive capacity to build. Urban, Rural, and Infrastructure Transitions Considering climate change impacts and risks in the design and planning of urban and rural settlements and infrastructure is critical for resilience and enhancing human well-being. The urgent provision of basic services, infrastructure, livelihood diversification, and employment strengthening of local and regional food systems, and community-based adaptation enhance lives and livelihoods, particularly of low-income and marginalized groups. Inclusive, integrated, and long-term planning at local, municipal, subnational, and national scales, together with effective regulation, and monitoring systems and financial and technological resources and capabilities foster urban and rural system transition. Effective partnerships between governments, civil society, and private sector organizations across scales provide infrastructure and services in ways that enhance the adaptive capacity of vulnerable people. An increasing number of adaptation responses exist for urban systems, but their feasibility and effectiveness is constrained by institutional, financial, and technological access and capacity, and depends on coordinated and contextually appropriate responses across physical, natural, and social infrastructure. 
Globally, more financing is directed at physical infrastructure than natural and social infrastructure, and there is limited evidence of investment in the informal settlements, hosting the most vulnerable urban residents. Ecosystem-based adaptation, for example, urban agriculture and forestry, river restoration, has increasingly been applied in urban areas. Combined ecosystem-based and structural adaptation responses are being developed, and there is growing evidence of their potential to reduce adaptation costs and contribute to flood control, sanitation, water resources management, landslide prevention, and coastal protection. The Issue of Sea Level Rise Sea level rise poses a distinctive and severe adaptation challenge as it implies dealing with slow onset changes and increased frequency and magnitude of extreme sea level events which will escalate in the coming decades. Such adaptation challenges would occur much earlier under high rates of sea level rise, in particular if low likelihood, high impact outcomes associated with collapsing ice sheets occur. Responses to ongoing sea level rise and land subsidence in low-lying coastal cities and settlements and small islands include protection, accommodation, advanced, and planned relocation. These responses are more effective if combined and or sequenced, planned well ahead, aligned with socio-cultural values and development priorities, and underpinned by inclusive community engagement processes. Approximately 3.4 billion people globally live in rural areas around the world, and many are highly vulnerable to climate change. Integrating climate adaptation into social protection programs, including cash transfers and public works programs, is highly feasible and increases resilience to climate change, especially when supported by basic services and infrastructure. Social safety nets are increasingly being reconfigured, to build adaptive capacities of the most vulnerable in rural and also urban communities. Social safety nets that support climate change adaptation have strong co-benefits with development goals such as education, poverty alleviation, gender inclusion, and food security. Energy System Transition Within energy system transitions, the most feasible adaptation options support infrastructure resilience, reliable power systems and efficient water use for existing and new energy generation systems. Energy generation diversification, including with renewable energy resources and generation that can be decentralized depending on context, for example, wind, solar, small-scale hydroelectric, and demand-side management, for example, storage and energy efficiency improvements, can reduce vulnerabilities to climate change, especially in rural populations. 
adaptations for hydropower and thermoelectric power generation are effective in most regions up to 1.5 degrees Celsius to 2 degrees Celsius, with decreasing effectiveness at higher levels of warming. Climate responsive energy markets, updated design standards on energy assets according to current and projected climate change, smart grid technologies, robust transmission systems, and improved capacity to respond to supply deficits have high feasibility in the medium to long term with mitigation co-benefits. Cost-cutting options. Strengthening the climate resiliency of health systems will protect and promote human health and well-being. There are multiple opportunities for targeted investments in finance to protect against exposure to climate hazards, particularly for those at highest risk. Heat health action plans that include early warning and response systems are effective adaptation options for extreme heat. Effective adaptation options for waterborne and foodborne diseases include improving access to potable water, reducing exposure of water and sanitation systems to flooding and extreme weather events, and improved early warning systems. For vector-borne diseases, effective adaptation options include surveillance, early warning systems, and vaccine development. Effective adaptation options for reducing mental health risks under climate change include improving surveillance, access to mental health care, and monitoring of psychosocial impacts from extreme weather events. Health and well-being would benefit from integrated adaptation approaches that mainstream health into food, livelihoods, social protection, infrastructure, water and sanitation policies requiring collaboration and coordination at all scales of governance. Increasing adaptive capacities minimizes the negative impacts of climate-related displacement and involuntary migration for migrants in sending and receiving areas. This improves the degree of choice under which migration decisions are made ensuring safe and orderly movements of people within and between countries. Some development reduces underlying vulnerabilities associated with conflict, and adaptation contributes by reducing the impacts of climate change on climate-sensitive drivers of conflict. Risks to peace are reduced, for example, by supporting people in climate-sensitive economic activities and advancing a woman's empowerment. There are a range of adaptation options, such as disaster risk management, early warning systems, climate services and risk spreading and sharing that have broad applicability across sectors and provide greater benefits to other adaptation options when combined. For example, climate services that are inclusive of different users and providers can improve agricultural practices, inform better water use and efficiency, and enable resilient infrastructure planning. 
Limits to Adaptation Soft limits to human adaptation have been reached, but can be overcome by addressing a range of constraints, primarily financial, governance, institutional, and policy constraints. Hard limits to adaptation have been reached in some ecosystems. With increasing global warming, losses and damages will increase, and additional human and natural systems will reach adaptation limits. For example, individuals and households in low-lying coastal areas in Australia and small islands and smallholder farmers in Central and South America, Africa, Europe, and Asia have reached soft limits. Inequity and poverty also constrain adaptation, leading to soft limits and resulting in disproportionate exposure and impacts for most vulnerable groups. Lack of climate literacy at all levels and limited availability of information and data pose further constraints to adaptation planning and implementation. Financial constraints are important determinants of soft limits to adaptation across sectors in all regions. Although global tracked climate finance has shown an upward trend since AR5, current global financial flows for adaptation including from public and private finance sources, are insufficient for and constrain implementation of adaptation options, especially in developing countries. The overwhelming majority of global tracked climate finance was targeted to mitigation, while only a small proportion was targeted to adaptation. Adaptation finance has come predominantly from public sources. Adverse climate impacts can reduce the availability of financial resources by incurring losses and damages, and through impeding national economic growth, thereby further increasing financial constraints for adaptation, particularly for developing and least developed countries. Many natural systems are near the hard limits of their natural adaptation capacity, and additional systems will reach limits with increasing global warming. Ecosystems already reaching or surpassing hard adaptation limits include some warm water coral reefs, some coastal wetlands, some rainforests, and some polar and mountain ecosystems. Above 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming level, some ecosystem-based adaptation measures will lose their effectiveness in providing benefits to people as these ecosystems will reach hard adaptation limits. In human systems, some coastal sediments face soft adaptation limits due to technical and financial difficulties of implementing coastal protection. Above 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming level, limited freshwater resources pose potential hard limits for small islands and for regions dependent on glacier and snowmelt. By 2 degrees Celsius global warming level, Soft limits are projected for multiple staple crops 
in many growing areas, particularly in tropical regions. By 3 degrees Celsius global warming level, soft limits are projected for some water management measures for many regions, with hard limits projected for parts of Europe. Adaptation does not prevent all losses and damages, even with effective adaptation and before reaching soft and hard limits. Losses and damages are unequally distributed across systems, regions, and sectors, and are not comprehensively addressed by current financial, governance, and institutional arrangements, particularly in vulnerable developing countries. With increasing global warming, losses and damages increase and become increasingly difficult to avoid, while strongly concentrated among the poorest, vulnerable populations. Avoiding Maladaptation There is increased evidence of maladaptation across many sectors and regions since the AR5. Maladaptive responses to climate change can create lock-ins of vulnerability, exposure, and risks that are difficult and expensive to change and exacerbate existing inequalities. Maladaptation can be avoided by flexible, multi-sectoral, inclusive, and long-term planning and implementation of adaptation actions with benefits to many sectors and systems. Actions that focus on sectors and risks in isolation and on short-term gains often lead to maladaptation if long-term impacts of the adaptation option and long-term adaptation commitment are not taken into account. The implementation of these maladaptive actions can result in infrastructure and institutions that are inflexible and or expensive to change. For example, seawalls effectively reduce impacts to people and assets in the short term, but can also result in lock-ins and increase exposure to climate risks in the long term unless they are integrated into a long-term adaptive plan. Adaptation integrated with development reduces lock-ins and creates opportunities. For example, infrastructure upgrading. Biodiversity and ecosystem resilience to climate change are decreased by maladaptive actions, which also constrain ecosystem services. Examples of these maladaptive actions for ecosystems include fire suppression and naturally fire-adapted ecosystems, or hard defenses against flooding. These actions reduce space for natural processes and represent a severe form of maladaptation for the ecosystems they degrade, replace, or fragment thereby reducing their resilience to climate change and the ability to provide ecosystem services for adaptation. Considering biodiversity and autonomous adaptation in long-term planning processes reduces the risk of maladaptation. Maladaptation especially affects marginalized and vulnerable groups adversely, for example, indigenous peoples ethnic minorities, 
low-income households, informal settlements, reinforcing and entrenching existing inequities. Adaptation planning and implementation that do not consider adverse outcomes for different groups can lead to maladaptation, increasing exposure to risks, marginalizing people from certain socioeconomic or livelihood groups, and exacerbating inequity. Inclusive planning initiates informed by cultural values, indigenous knowledge, local knowledge, and scientific knowledge can help prevent maladaptation. To minimize maladaptation, multi-sectoral, multi-actor, and inclusive planning with flexible pathways encourages low regret and timely actions that keep options open, ensure benefits in multiple sectors and systems, and indicate the available solution space for adapting to long-term climate change. Maladaptation is also minimized by planning that accounts for the time it takes to adapt, the uncertainty about the rate and magnitude of climate risk, and a wide range of potentially adverse consequences of adaptation actions. Enabling Conditions Enabling conditions are key for implementing, accelerating, and sustaining adaptation in human systems and ecosystems. These include political commitment and follow-through, institutional frameworks, policies and instruments with clear goals and priorities, enhanced knowledge on impacts and solutions, mobilization of and access to adequate financial resources, monitoring and evaluation, and inclusive governance processes. Political commitment and follow-through across all levels of government accelerate the implementation of adaptation actions. Implementing actions can require large upfront investments of some human, financial, and technological resources, while some benefits could only become visible in the next decade or beyond. Accelerating commitment and follow-through is promoted by rising public awareness, building business cases for adaptation, accountability and transparency mechanisms, monitoring and evaluation of adaptation progress, social movements, and climate-related litigation in some regions. Institutional framework, policies, and instruments that set clear adaptation goals and define responsibilities and commitments, and that are coordinated amongst actors and governance levels, strengthen and sustain adaptation actions. Sustained adaptation actions are strengthened by mainstreaming adaptation into institutional budget and policy planning cycles, statutory planning, monitoring, and evaluation frameworks, and into recovery efforts from disaster events. Instruments that incorporate adaptation such as policy and legal frameworks, behavioral incentives, and economic instruments that address market failures such as climate risk disclosure Inclusive and deliberate processes strengthen adaptation actions by public and private actors. Enhancing knowledge on risks, impacts, and their consequences, 
and available adaptation options promote societal and policy responses. A wide range of top-down, bottom-up, and co-produced processes and sources can deepen climate knowledge and sharing, including capacity building at all scales, educational and information programs, using the arts, participatory modeling and climate services, indigenous knowledge and local knowledge, and citizen science. These measures can facilitate awareness, heighten risk perception, and influence behaviors. With adaptation finance, needs estimated to be higher than those presented in AR5, enhanced mobilization of and access to financial resources are essential for implementation of adaptation and to reduce adaptation gaps. Building capacity and removing some barriers to accessing finance is fundamental to accelerate adaptation, especially for vulnerable groups, regions, and sectors. Public and private finance instruments include inter-ALIA grants, guarantee equity, concessional debt, market debt, and internal budget allocation, as well as savings in households and insurance. Public finance is an important enabler of adaptation. Public mechanisms and finance can leverage private sector finance for adaptation by addressing real and perceived regulatory cost and market barriers, for example, via public-private partnerships. Financial and technological resources enable effective and ongoing implementation of adaptation, especially when supported by institutions with a strong understanding of adaptation needs and capacity. Monitoring and evaluation, M&E, of adaptation are critical for tracking progress and enabling effective adaptation. M&E implementation is currently limited but has increased since AR5 at local and national levels. Although most of the monitoring of adaptation is focused towards planning and implementation, the monitoring of outcomes is critical for tracking the effectiveness and progress of adaptation. M&E facilitates learning on successful and effective adaptation measures and signals when and where additional action may be needed. M&E systems are most effective when supported by capacities and resources and embedded in enabling governance. Inclusive governance that prioritizes equity and justice in adaptation planning and implementation leads to more effective and sustainable adaptation outcomes. Vulnerabilities and climate risks are often reduced through carefully designed and implemented laws policies, processes, and interventions that address context-specific inequities, such as based on gender, ethnicity, disability, age, location, and income. These approaches, which include multi-stakeholder co-learning platforms, transboundary collaborations, community-based adaptation, and participatory scenario planning focus on capacity building and meaningful participation of the most vulnerable and marginalized groups and their access 
to key resources to adapt. Climate Resilient Development Climate Resilient Development integrates adaptation measures and their enabling conditions with mitigation to advance sustainable development for all. Climate resilient development involves questions of equity and system transitions in land, ocean and ecosystems, urban and infrastructure, energy, industry, and society, and includes adaptations for human, ecosystem, and planetary health. Pursuing climate resilient development focuses on both where people and ecosystems are co-located as well as the protection and maintenance of ecosystem function at the planetary scale. Pathways for advancing climate resilient development are development trajectories that successfully integrate mitigation and adaptation actions to advance sustainable development. Climate resilient development pathways may be temporarily coincident with any RCP an SSP scenario used throughout AR6, but do not follow any particular scenario in all places and over all time. Conditions for climate resilient development, evidence of observed impacts, projected risks, levels, and trends in vulnerability and adaptation limits demonstrate that worldwide climate resilient development action is more urgent than previously assessed in AR5. Comprehensive, effective, and innovative responses can harness synergies and reduce trade-offs between adaptation and mitigation to advance sustainable development. There is a rapidly narrowing window of opportunity to enable climate-resilient development. Multiple climate-resilient development pathways are still possible by which communities, the private sector, governments, nations, and the world can pursue climate-resilient development, each involving and resulting from different societal choices influenced by different contexts and opportunities and constraints on system transitions. Climate-resilient development pathways are progressively constrained by every increment of warming in particular beyond one and a half degrees Celsius. Social and economic inequalities, the balance between adaptation and mitigation varying by national, regional, and local circumstances and geographies, according to capabilities, including resources, vulnerability, culture and values, past development choices leading to past emissions, and future warming scenarios, bounding the climate-resilient development pathways remaining, and the ways in which development trajectories are shaped by equity and social and climate justice. Opportunities for climate-resilient development are not equitably distributed around the world. Climate impacts and risks exacerbate vulnerability and social and economic inequities and consequently increase persistent and acute development challenges, especially in developing regions and subregions, and in particularly exposed sites, including coasts, small islands, 
deserts, mountains, and polar regions. This in turn undermines efforts to achieve sustainable development, particularly for vulnerable and marginalized communities. Embedding effective and equitable adaptation and mitigation in development planning can reduce vulnerability, conserve and restore ecosystems, and enable climate resilient development. This is especially challenging in localities with persistent development gaps and limited resources. Dynamic trade-offs and competing priorities exist between mitigation, adaptation, and development. Integrated and inclusive system-oriented solutions based on equity and social and climate justice reduce risks and enable climate-resilient development. Enabling Climate Resilient Development Climate resilient development is enabled when governments, civil society, and the private sector make inclusive development choices that prioritize risk reduction, equity and justice, and when decision-making processes, finance, and actions are integrated across governance levels sectors, and timeframes. Climate resilient development is facilitated by international cooperation and by governments at all levels, working with communities, civil society, educational bodies, scientific and other institutions, media, investors and businesses, and by developing partnerships with traditionally marginalized groups, including women, youth, indigenous peoples, local communities, and ethnic minorities. These partnerships are most effective when supported by enabling political leadership, institutions, resources, including finance, as well as climate services, information, and decision support tools. Climate resilient development is advanced when actors work in equitable, just, and enabling ways to reconcile divergent interests, values, and worldviews toward equitable and just outcomes. These practices build on diverse knowledges about climate risk and chosen development pathways account for local, regional, and global climate impacts, risks, barriers, and opportunities. Structural vulnerabilities to climate change can be reduced through carefully designed and implemented legal, policy, and process interventions from the local to global that address inequities based on gender, ethnicity, disability, age, location, and income. This includes right-based approaches that focus on capacity building, meaningful participation of the most vulnerable groups, and their access to key resources, including financing, to reduce risk and adapt. Evidence shows that climate-resilient development processes link scientific, indigenous, local, practitioner, and other forms of knowledge, and are more effective and sustainable because they are locally appropriate and lead to more legitimate, relevant, and effective actions. Pathways towards climate-resilient development overcome jurisdictional and organizational barriers and are founded on societal choices that accelerate and deepen key system transitions.
planning processes and decision analysis tools can help identify low regrets options that enable mitigation and adaptation in the face of change, complexity, deep uncertainty, and divergent views. Inclusive governance contributes to more effective and enduring adaptation outcomes and enables climate-resilient development. Inclusive processes strengthen the ability of governments and other stakeholders to jointly consider factors such as the rate and magnitude of change and uncertainties, associated impacts, and timescales of different climate-resilient pathways given past development choices, leading to past emission and scenarios of future global warming. Associated societal choices are made continuously through interactions and arenas of engagement from local to international levels. The quality and outcome of these interactions help determine whether development pathways shift toward or away from climate-resilient development. Governance for climate-resilient development is most effective when supported by formal and informal institutions and practices that are well-aligned across scales, sectors, policy domains, and timeframes. Governance efforts that advance climate-resilient development account for the dynamic, uncertain, and context-specific nature of climate-related risk and its interconnections with non-climate risks. Institutions that enable climate-resilient development are flexible and responsive to emergent risks and facilitate sustained and timely action. Governance for climate-resilient development is enabled by adequate and appropriate human and technological resources, information, capacities, and finance. Climate Resilient Development for Natural and Human Systems Interactions between changing urban form, exposure, and vulnerability can create climate change-induced risks and losses for cities and settlements. However, the global trend of urbanization also offers a critical opportunity in the near term to advance climate-resilient development. Integrated, inclusive planning and investment in everyday decision-making about urban infrastructure, including social, ecological, and gray physical infrastructures, can significantly increase the adaptive capacity of urban and rural settlements. Equitable outcomes contributes to multiple benefits for health and well-being in ecosystem services, including for indigenous peoples, marginalized and vulnerable communities. Climate resilient development in urban areas also supports adaptive capacity in more rural places through maintaining peri-urban supply chains of goods and services and financial flows. Coastal cities and settlements play an especially important role in advancing climate resilient development. Taking integrated action for climate resilience to avoid climate risk requires urgent decision-making for the new built environment and retrofitting existing urban design infrastructure and land use. Based on socioeconomic circumstances, 
adaptation and sustainable development actions will provide multiple benefits, including for health and well-being, particularly when supported by national governments, non-government organizations, and international agencies that work across sectors in partnerships with local communities. Equitable partnerships between local and municipal governments, the private sector, indigenous people, local communities, and civil society can, including through international cooperation, advance climate resilient development by addressing structural inequalities, insufficient financial resources, cross-city risks, and the integration of indigenous knowledge and local knowledge. Rapid global urbanization offers opportunities for climate resilient development in diverse contexts, from rural and informal settlements to large metropolitan areas. Dominant models of energy-intensive and market-led urbanization, insufficient and misaligned finance, and a predominant focus on gray infrastructure in the absence of integration with ecological and social approaches, risks missing opportunities for adaptation and locking in maladaptation. Poor land use planning and siloed approaches to health, ecological, and social planning also exacerbates vulnerability in marginalized communities. Urban climate resilient development is observed to be more effective if it is responsive to regional and local land use development and adaptation gaps and addresses the underlying drivers of vulnerability. The greatest gains in well-being can be achieved by prioritizing finance to reduce climate risk for low-income and marginalized residents. Urban systems are critical. Interconnected sites for enabling climate-resilient development, especially at the coast. Coastal cities and settlements play a key role in moving toward higher climate-resilient development, given firstly almost 11% of the global population 896 million people lived within the low elevation coastal zone in 2020, potentially increasing to beyond 1 billion people by 2050. And these people and associated development and coastal ecosystems face escalating climate compounded risks, including sea level rise. Secondly, these coastal cities and settlements make key contributions to climate-resilient development through their vital role in national economies and inland communities, global trade supply chains, cultural exchange, and centers of innovation. Safeguarding biodiversity and ecosystems is fundamental to climate-resilient development in light of the threats climate change poses to them and their roles in adaptation and mitigation. Recent analysis drawing on a range of lines of evidence suggests that maintaining the resilience of biodiversity and ecosystem services at a global scale depends on effective and equitable conservation of approximately 30% to 50% of Earth's land, freshwater, and ocean areas, including currently near-natural ecosystems. Building the resilience of biodiversity and supporting ecosystem integrity can maintain benefits for people, including livelihoods, 
human health and well-being and the provision of food, fiber, and water, as well as contributing to disaster risk reduction and climate change adaptation and mitigation. Protecting and restoring ecosystems is essential for maintaining and enhancing the resilience of the biosphere. Degradation and loss of ecosystems is also a cause of greenhouse gas emissions and is at increasing risk of being exacerbated by climate change impacts, including droughts and wildfire. Climate resilient development avoids adaptation and mitigation measures that damage ecosystems. Documented examples of adverse impacts of land-based measures intended as mitigation when poorly implemented include afforestation of grasslands, savannas, and peatlands, and risks from bioenergy crops at large scale to water supply, food security, and biodiversity. Biodiversity and ecosystem services have limited capacity to adapt to increasing global warming levels, which will make climate-resilient development progressively harder to achieve beyond 1.5 degrees Celsius warming. Consequences of current and future global warming for climate-resilient development include reduced effectiveness of EBA and approaches to climate change, mitigation based on ecosystems, and amplifying feedbacks to the climate system. Achieving Climate-Resilient Development It is unequivocal that climate change has already disrupted human and natural systems. Past and current development trends, past emissions, development, and climate change have not advanced global climate-resilient development. Societal choices and actions implemented in the next decade determine the extent to which medium and long-term pathways will deliver higher or lower climate-resilient development. Importantly, climate-resilient development prospects are increasingly limited if current greenhouse gas emissions do not rapidly decline, especially if 1.5 degrees Celsius global warming is exceeded in the near term. These prospects are constrained by past development, emissions, and climate change, and enabled by inclusive governance, adequate and appropriate human and technological resources, information, capacities, and finance. Climate-resilient development is already challenging at current global warming levels. The prospects for climate-resilient development will be further limited if global warming levels exceed 1.5 degrees Celsius and not be possible in some regions and subregions if the global warming level exceeds 2 degrees Celsius. Climate-resilient development is most constrained in regions, subregions, in which climate impacts and risks are already advanced, including low-lying coastal cities and settlements, small islands, deserts, mountains, and polar regions. Regions and subregions with high levels of poverty, water, food, and energy insecurity, vulnerable urban environments, degraded ecosystems and rural environments, and or few enabling conditions face many non-climate challenges that inhibit climate-resilient development, which are further exacerbated by climate change. 
inclusive governance, investment aligned with climate resilient development, access to appropriate technology, and rapidly scaled up finance and capacity building of governments at all levels. The private sector and civil society enable climate resilient development. Experience shows that climate resilient development processes are timely, anticipatory, integrative, flexible, and action focused. Common goals and social learning build adaptive capacity for climate resilient development. When implementing adaptation and mitigation together and taking trade offs into account, multiple benefits and synergies for human well being as well as ecosystem and planetary health can be realized. Prospects for climate resilient development are increased by inclusive processes involving local knowledge and indigenous knowledge, as well as processes that coordinate across risks and institutions. Climate resilient development is enabled by increased international cooperation, including mobilizing and enhancing access to finance, particularly for vulnerable regions, sectors, and groups. The cumulative scientific evidence is unequivocal. Climate change is a threat to human well-being and planetary health. Any further delay in concerted anticipatory global action on adaptation and mitigation will miss a brief and rapidly closing window of opportunity to secure a livable and sustainable future for all. What is one thing that I can do today to help reduce climate change? Passive cooling of your home is one important way to reduce energy usage in summertime heat and humidity. What is passive cooling? Passive cooling is where your building design, materials, or certain methods can be used to control temperatures in hot weather. Today, many new homes come equipped with air conditioning. However, during brownouts and blackouts that are becoming more frequent from overburdening the electrical grid, that may fail when you need it most or your usage is limited. Start looking at your home and seeing what you can do to reduce heat gain and create passive cooling. Installing insulation is very important to keeping your home cool. Shading your windows walls, and roofs. This can be done by installing insulated window shades or drapes or residential window tinting that will block heat and UV rays from entering your home. The use of landscaping and adding trees around your home can also provide cooling that shades walls and roofs to keep the building cooler. Adding awnings or shades that hang off the house to prevent direct sun penetration increase airflow with the use of whole house air fans, ceiling fans, and using local air conditioning for one well-insulated room instead of cooling the whole house. Optimize the cool evening air to enter the home and then use the above-mentioned methods to keep your home cooler during the day. Using concrete floors and walls that are in direct contact with the earth will help in regulating temperatures of the building. Reducing the use of energy in your home is one great way to save on costs and save our planet. 
Thank you for joining me in learning about these findings and how we can help the environment today.